Don't keep your day job is supported by Pocket, your space to absorb all the amazing content you find on the web. Fill the Pocket app with those articles, long reads, and videos that catch your eye and create a quiet corner to focus on your interests. Transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox. Download from your app store. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I can't believe Christmas is already over and the new year is like three minutes away. I just wanted to say, if you're feeling a little down right now or anxious or stressed, please don't think you're alone. I I know that everyone's looking at all these pictures on Instagram and Facebook and it seems like everyone's having the most perfect holiday. This one's in Aspen. This one's in Paris. This one's, you know, curled around the fire in some Midwest home and all the families just get together and everyone gets, you know, everyone gets along so well. And I just want to say, you know, that's not my experience. And just because the, the stores are closed doesn't mean your feelings take a day off. You know what I mean? And I think that when the holidays come around, there's more expectations and there's this like pressure that all of a sudden it's just things are just so merry and bright and and maybe they are and maybe they're not at the same time. So I just want you to know you're not alone and please don't buy into the hype of that everyone around you is living some perfect life because that's just not true. And I think it would be so cool, you know, if we could all just have more honest conversations and let the shame go. Like, what's all this shame? Like, why do we have to put up this front that everything's great all the time? Like, if you're a human, you probably feel like every emotion under the sun in the course of a day, right? I don't know why we all have to just like play a role. It's exhausting. You know, it's like you wind up going to a dinner party and you come home and you're just like wiped out because everybody is like playing some part. So that's why I love you guys so much because I feel like we in this community, we just have such an honest conversation. The fact that you're even listening to the show is honest, you know, where we want to figure out like, maybe we're not fine. Maybe we want to be happier. Maybe there is more of a sense of purpose. And maybe we do need to ask ourselves, you know, some of the bigger questions. And I think a lot of people can't even listen to this because it's so, you know, it's rocking the boat and it makes people uncomfortable. And yet you guys have a, a tremendous amount of courage. And I hope as you're sort of wrapping up the year, I hope you're not judging yourself and being really unkind to yourself about like what you did or didn't accomplish. Because I don't want you to do that because it's not even really accurate. Like, don't measure your 2018 by what's in your bank account or how many followers you have or don't have or, you know, whether you lost a dress size or, you know, how many pounds you have. Come on, don't do that. Because our greatest achievements are often the things we never give ourselves credit for. Our biggest accomplishments are, are usually those subtle shifts we make inside of ourselves. It's being more of who we are rather than who we learn to be. That's huge. And you might not see that on your bank account balance. Eventually you will though. I do believe the more you are you in this world, the more you lean into that, the more you decide that you deserve it and it's okay for you to be happy and doing something you love. I I do believe that that's going to translate into more of a business if that is what you want. But really, I don't want you to overlook some of the the huge accomplishments that you may have made this year, like having the courage to let go of something that no longer serves you, even if it's just like, you know, an old thought pattern that you used to have constantly where you would overthink it or sell yourself short. So there's a lot that's gone on. 
And I, I'm so proud of you guys. And that's why I'm so excited about today's episode. You know, it's been so thrilling, like interviewing all these famous people and these incredible authors and thinkers like Seth Godin and Martha Beck and Mandy Moore and Jenna Fisher. It's just been so awesome. But I have to say, this week, interviewing you guys, listening to your stories, what you guys have done since listening to this podcast, it's blowing my mind. So today you're going to hear about one of our listeners. His name is Greg Franklin. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably heard about him because he's been writing in and letting us know his progress because he started listening to the podcast. His life was just stagnant and he was not very happy and not very fulfilled. And he was working in a factory and he turned his life around. I can't wait for you to hear this story. This story should be made into a movie. It's so good. And one thing I wanted to say about this is, you know, some people when they're young or, you know, even when they're in their teens or early adulthood, they're so clear about their passion, right? You've met those people who are like, I want to be a dancer. I want to be a writer. I know what I want to do. I want to teach yoga. There's, there's people sometimes they have these like, this is my calling. And then there's other people who they feel frustrated because either they like three things or they're not quite sure what they like. Listen, there's hope for you. You're fine. You're normal. You know, I interviewed somebody we're going to have we're going to play that episode for you soon. And she was talking about how like only one third of the world has a quote unquote, like, this is my absolute calling. It's got to be this and nothing else will do it. This is it. That's one route. You know, for me, I came out to LA. I wanted to be a songwriter. I got a record deal. I got dropped and I tried several things and some things I fell flat on my face. And then eventually I tried a few other things and they started working and podcasting is just one of the three things that I do in addition to being a mom and all that stuff. So I want you to know that sometimes it's not important that you have one absolute passion and that's it and that's your calling. Maybe the goal is what's lighting me up right now? What am I intrigued by? What do I want to lean into more? What do I feel excited about? What what would I do right now? And I would do it even if I didn't get paid. And maybe there's some wisdom in that. And maybe you doing something like that it doesn't have to be that this is unequivocally the thing that you were put here to do and nothing else. Maybe it's just that you're going to be happier and more fulfilled. And maybe it's just that you're going to wind up spending your day doing something, making something, creating something that you love doing. And that is enough of a reason to call that a passion project. And maybe by doing that, you're going to give other people around you permission that they deserve to do something that they like that there shouldn't be some shame in that. You know, every person deserves to feel good. Every person deserves to be doing something every day. They go to sleep at night and they had a good day. I think that we buy into all this stuff we get taught about, like growing up means, you know, it's like a doggy dog world and you got to, you know, work by the sweat of your brow and it's all difficult and you got to settle and that's just the way it is. And it doesn't have to be that way. So I can't wait for you to hear Greg's story. Let's dive into this now and then when we finish this, I'm going to tell you guys some wins, some other awesome things that are happening in this community. If you guys want to hear more about this community and have a place to feel supported and tell us what you're working on and tell us even the things that you're struggling with, come on over to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and you can uh, you can talk about what you're working on. You can post a link to something you're doing. It's a very supportive, awesome place of humans who are gathered together to help each other find a little bit more happiness and purpose every day. Also, come follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller, C-A-T-H-Y dot H-E-L-L-E-R. I post every single day and I'll be there just however I can. I'll just keep making content that just reminds you that you're enough, 
that you deserve it, that it's okay to be messy, that that's, that's really what it's about. It's having the courage to make mediocre things. And that can lead you to something brilliant. And that you need to just trust that if you like something, if you're enthusiastic about something, that's incredible wisdom. And that might be there directing you into the flow. Like that's going to just start opening incredible doors. So let's get to Greg Franklin's story right now. And then I'll, I'll tell you some wins from this community because you guys are so awesome. So Greg Franklin is also known as the Cheesecake Ninja. He makes these gourmet, decadent cheesecakes with flavors like banana pudding, Oreo, chocolate-covered key lime cheesecake. What's so inspiring about his story is that he didn't grow up with a passion for baking. He didn't even do well in home ec. You know, he, he never took a culinary class with a professional French master. In fact, it was only a, a couple of years ago when he just had this interest. This little voice in his head was like, maybe I should try making a cheesecake. Let's see what happens. And ever since this podcast started, he's been taking some strides forward and he lets us know, you know, he's been posting in the Facebook group when something doesn't go as he expected it or when something good has happened. He's continued to put one foot in front of the other and the results have been nothing short of incredible. You guys are going to eat up this story. So let's get to it. Please welcome the phenomenal Greg Franklin. All right, guys, I'm so thrilled to bring you this person. This is Greg Franklin. Um, How are you? I'm good. How are you? He is uh, extraordinary. I've been talking about you. I've mentioned you on the show maybe more than any other listener because not only did you have the tenacity and the drive and the courage to go ahead and start doing things, uh, but you were definitely uh, vocal and letting me know about it. And I really appreciated that. And it's just been this like lovely cycle of like you're taking action and then you would post about it in the Facebook group or send me a message and um, everybody would just continue to be inspired by you and supporting you. And you've just gone on to do so much. So Greg, take us back. How did you go from having a normal day job, not being super fulfilled in that to now owning your own business and uh, making this a reality? Well, actually, one of the funny things is I actually didn't like making cheesecakes. I don't... don't <laughs> Even actually, better. I didn't like baking at all. I don't cook. I uh, so almost funny. failed home ec, as a matter of fact. Whenever I was starting what I was doing, I would tell everybody, hey, I failed home ec. Have some cheesecake. <laughs> right. That's good. Way before making cheesecakes, I was doing normal jobs. I worked in a warehouse. I did lawn fertilizing. I've worked in department stores and just weird jobs. I actually went to school for air conditioner repair and then I never did anything with that. But I always liked having hobbies. I did photography as a hobby and I did a little video as a hobby and was trying to make money doing it and never really took off. And I just kind of gave up on those things. And, uh, I decided one day to start doing concert promoting because I really like Christian music and I am horrible at any type of music. Okay. I love this story because so far you've just told us all of the ways that you failed and you're horrible at everything. You're like, I'm terrible at home ec. I wanted to pursue photography. wasn't really good at it. Then I thought about concert promoting because I'm really bad at playing music. Like you're really just setting this up, which is great because there's so many people out there who would be saying, yes, this is me. I don't feel like there's anything that I'm natural at. I don't think there's anything that stands out about me. I don't have any clear vision about what I want to do or how I'll do it so well. So that's just really, really interesting. And you're also very humble, by the way, to say all of that. It's <laughs> not so easy to share. I'm not Go good ahead. at a lot of stuff. <laughs> so there's a lot to yeah, say. Yeah, I got that. I got that. <laughs> so I started doing concert promoting we did a concert at our church and I went to our pastor at the time and I said, Hey, 
I want to do a concert. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I bet I can make some money doing it. And he's yeah. like, okay, go ahead and try. This is how much you can spend. I'm like, great. So I worked my butt off and promoted it and promoted it. And I ended up selling out the concert. And after everything was done, I made $23 for the church. Well, you can't feed the family dinner on that, but all right. It's a exactly. start. Right direct. You can get some Starbucks. Yep. Yeah. And most of that went back to the church. So I didn't even get the $23. So after that concert, I said, hey, I want to do some more. And they're like, okay. So through a couple of years, we were doing concert promoting my wife. She oh was doing gosh. that and helping Good me woman. on the side with the concerts. Yeah. And a couple of years after doing that, we just made mediocre money. So we decided to discontinue doing that, even though it was what I really liked to do and put that on the back burner. And I was sitting around yeah. one day and was looking for a new hobby. So looking on Facebook, scrolling through and a cheesecake picture came up and I thought, Hey, that looks pretty good. I'm going to go ahead and make that. I have no clue what I'm doing. And I've heard they're really, yeah. really hard to make, but what's the worst I can do? What year is this? Uh, that's about five years ago. Okay. So I got all the ingredients together. I got the wrong pan. I threw all the stuff together and I did a little research and I found out that I needed a water bath. So I got that and I'm making it. The kitchen is totally destroyed. And my wife came home and she's like, what are you doing? Like, hey, I'm yeah. making a cheesecake. And she's like, you don't bake. And I said, I know, but it looked good. <laughs> she's like, okay. So I made it and it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. It was like all dark and crunchy on the top, but we cut it and ate it and it was pretty tasty and uh, kind of thought, man, eh, it's all right. I don't really want that as a hobby. So I kind of threw it off to the side again. And then a few days later, another picture of a cheesecake came up because Facebook likes to creep on you. And so it was throwing some cheesecake recipes and pictures at me. And I decided to go ahead and make another one. So I made an Oreo cheesecake and it was pretty ugly too. And I ate a slice of it and <laughs> it was pretty good. And then I gave the rest of the way. And then, uh, throughout the next few months, I just started making big ones, uh, like a full size nine inch cheesecake. So I would make the full size cheesecakes and then I just gave them away and never tried selling them or anything. And one day it hit me, Hey, I can probably sell these. So I made a couple and I went on to my Facebook page to all my friends and I said, Hey, I have these two cheesecakes. They're banana pudding cheesecakes. They're the best cheesecakes ever. And I'm going to sell them to you for this price. And I got no response at all. Yeah. Did not sell them. So I waited mm -hmm. a few days and reposted it. I'm like, Hey, I still have this. Somebody wants to buy it. It's really good. I got nothing. So I thought, what am I going to do with these? And then I ended up taking them to the fire department and the police department in our town. Mm. And I said, hey, I have these oh, cheesecakes. Nice. Nobody wanted them. So here, have some free cheesecake. And of course, they were super excited about it because they like free food and they like yeah, desserts. Sure. And so in about an hour, they had eaten them and posted some pictures and shared it with their friends. And That's sweet. a couple days later one of the detectives at the police department called me and they're like, Hey, my uh, boyfriend had one of your cheesecakes. His birthday's coming up pretty soon. Can you uh, make some 
super small bite-sized cheesecakes. And I'm like, hey, I have no clue how to do that, but I'll figure it out. (laughs) I love this. So I think it was March, about three years ago. And Mm -hmm. I got off the phone with her. I'm like, this is awesome because I have no idea how to make small cheesecakes. So I went on the internet and found the correct size pan and then had to convert all the cooking times and the temperatures and right. worried about it for three months. I'm like, okay, she wants eight dozen of these things and four different flavors. Oh my I God. have no clue what I'm going to do. It just kept on bugging me. And, and then finally the day came, I'm like, okay, I have to make these. I cannot wait any longer. So I started making them and then I ended up making a normal size batch. So I had a lot of extra stuff left over. And I made some miniature cupcake size cheesecakes. And of course, again, I'm like, hey, what am I going to do with these? I'm not going to eat them all. And I went on to Facebook and said, hey, I have all these cheesecakes. I got eight dozen of them. I'm going to sell them to you for $3. And about 45 minutes, I sold eight dozen of the cupcake size cheesecakes to my Facebook friends. Wow. I was the weirdest thing because... I had never gotten any response before. I'd, I'd gotten right. some people, hey, can you make me a cheesecake and then I'll pay you. And then so I would make another one and have for an extra and then nobody would buy it. So I'd be stuck with an extra one. But this was yeah. the first time that people bought it. Yeah. So I decided the next week I'm going to make a whole bunch of cheesecakes and I'm going to do the same thing. So I made about yeah. eight, ten dozen cheesecakes. And went on Facebook and said, hey, I have these cheesecakes. I'm going to sell them for $3. And I ended up selling three cheesecakes out of the eight or 10 dozen, whatever it was I had. So I was stuck with all of those cheesecakes again. I'm like, what am I going to do here? Yeah. I guess last week was a fluke. So I'm going to be stuck with all of these cheesecakes. Yeah. So I was sitting and I was thinking, what am I going to do with these? And I had friends that worked at businesses in town. I'm like, I'm going to go visit their office and see if they want to buy any cheesecake. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me at the time, but uh, (laughs) I was like, they're going to think I'm weird. So I started going to a couple of businesses and I'm like, Hey, you want to buy some cheesecake? And 95% of the people that I stopped in and talked to, they're like, uh, no, I don't know who you are and you're walking around selling food. I don't want that. That's weird. I'm like, okay. So I just kept on going and I think I sold maybe 15 of my miniature cheesecakes. And out of those 15 people, they're like, yeah, I want your cheesecake. I like cheesecake. And then they tried it and they're like, hey, can you come back in a few weeks? Like, sure, I'll come back in a few weeks. And what were these local businesses? Like a bank or like they were a banks, what? doctors' offices, restaurants, mm-hmm. yeah, random places that I knew people or knew of people. So the first few months I did that and I was doing it in one city and I was selling like 12, 15, 20 of the cupcake sized cheesecakes each week. I wasn't making any money in it, but I'm like Mm-hmm. I don't have any other hobby and I'm making a little bit of money and I need to buy a lawnmower. So in like 15, 20 years, I'll be able to afford a lawnmower. <laughs> Dream big, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. After doing that for a while, people in my local town kept on telling other people about it. So my sales increased a little bit and I ended up selling maybe 50 in my town. 
and it got to the point where I thought, hey, I'm going to go to the next town over and see what happens. And it was basically the same thing. I got a bunch of weird looks like, no, I don't want stuff out of the trunk of your car. That's weird. Yeah. But then I got a few other people that were like, sure, I like cheesecake. Come back in a few weeks. So I added two cities and then it was about six months after I started, I added a third city. And the third city was just the weirdest thing. I'd been selling 20 to 24 in the other two cities and consistently in the third city, which is where our bakery is located at now, I was selling 100 to 150 to 200 in four hours. What? Yep. They There is another bakery here, but they do not sell cheesecake and apparently everybody likes cheesecake. Mm. So it was consistently those big amounts. And then the other two cities were still struggling with the 24s and 30s, but I kept on doing it. That's so interesting. And it makes no sense. Up here, I didn't know anybody and it was just random. And they were buying like six and 10 and 12 and two dozen at a time. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's working. How far away was that from you? It's about a half an hour, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. And I don't think... My first trip here, I even got any of the weird, no, I don't want any of the stuff out of your trunk of your car. That's weird. Everybody was like, uh, yeah, I want some. I uh, drive around town and then I would, I carry a blue cooler with me, yeah. weighed like 15 pounds and I'd go in the door and with my cooler. And at first you get a look like what? And then I'm like, hey, I have cheesecake. And they're like, uh, are you sure? I'll buy some. So then I'd go to the next place with my cooler and the next place with so my cooler. Cute. I'm walking around town with a cooler like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after doing that for a while, I actually upgraded. So now I have a big red flexible bag that looks like a uh, pizza delivery bag. Yeah, 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 and yeah. every once in a while, I still get looks like, hey, we didn't order pizza. I'm like, no, you didn't. And it's better than pizza. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So then that starts to take off and this is two years ago, 18 months ago. When was that? About two and a half years now. Okay. So keep going. So then what happens? I'm still doing that. And then, uh, I mean, even now I still get new customers and whenever I go into places, they're like, Hey, I've heard of you. I'm so excited you got here. We love cheesecake. And, yeah, and I mean, so I'm, cute. I'm like a little celebrity and it's just weird because I, do not like attention at all. But um, fast forward through all of that stuff. Actually, I guess I should tell you about how my Cheesecake Ninja name came about, shouldn't I? Yeah. Let's, so let's go back to that. Um, I had been making cheesecakes and I have no clue what I was doing, obviously. And uh, my sister-in-law asked for a cheesecake for Christmas a couple of years ago. So I took it to the family Christmas and she was eating and she's like, Hey, you're like a cheesecake ninja. And I'm like, Hey, that's a interesting name. If I ever start a business, which I won't, I'm going to use that. And then, uh, I needed a tagline to go along with it. And my brother-in-law yeah. came up with the assassinate your cravings because uh, yes. I, I always joke yeah. that I just make the cheesecakes. I'm not, talented in any other way. And I could never come up with the logo. I couldn't come up yeah. with the tagline. I couldn't come up with the business name. I just make the cheesecakes. I love it. I love it. It's creative and it makes sense. 
All right, before we keep going, I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor. Don't Keep Your Day Job is supported by Pocket. It's this app for reading, watching, and listening to all the amazing content you find on the web. If you love podcasts, you're going to love Pocket's new listen feature. Any article you've saved can be read out loud, so the rest of you is free to cook, commute, work out, walk, or just relax and listen. You can transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox. You can download from your app store or at getpocket.com. So you get a name, you're doing all right, you're driving 30 minutes away. So you kept going back to that same town or you would go to other towns? No, I've uh, kept it at the three towns for the whole almost three years that I've done it now. Okay. And uh, there's a coffee shop that is just a few doors down from me that I would always go in and people would see my cheesecakes me with my cheesecakes in there and they would buy cheesecakes and it became kind of a meeting place. And whenever I wasn't there, people would come in and they're like, Hey, when are you going to start selling that guy's cheesecakes? And they're like, he's never asked us and we've never discussed it. And then whenever I would go to places up here, they're like, Hey, when are you going to let the coffee shop start selling your cheesecakes? And I'm like, Hey, that's a good idea, but yeah, I'm not going to do that right now mm. because I can barely keep up now. And we've never talked about it. So after a few months of the constant questions from people to the coffee shop and to me, we just gave up and said, hey, do you want to sell my cheesecakes here? And and they were like, we've been waiting for you to ask. So uh. <laughs> uh, they started selling the cheesecakes and they were they were selling a pretty good amount each week. Whenever I was doing my local deliveries up here, I would take what I had left over and they would sell it and it would last until about the next time I was back up there. And then mm -hmm. since they were selling it, the question started of, hey, when are you going to open up a cheesecake bakery up here? I'm like, yeah, that's funny because I'm not going to ever open up a cheesecake bakery. That's a lot oh, of work. Famous last words. Yeah. I'm like, I have a full-time job. I have insurance. It's comfortable. I don't necessarily right. like it, but it allows me to do this. And yeah, no, I, I want to talk about that for a second because you have had a full time job this whole time while you're telling this yep. story and you're driving up there and tell everybody what you were doing and how many hours a week you were working at that full time job. I was making plastic bags for dog food companies and cat food companies and oh kitty God, this litter. is literally a movie. This could be a movie, your life. I swear you should sell this. this <laughs> don't you see this movie with John C. Riley and Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> This is this movie. It's an amazing movie. Okay, go ahead. It would be just Viewers. a really weird movie. <laughs> no, it's the best movie ever. Okay, so go ahead. You were making plastic bags yep. for dog food companies. Yep. And I did not like that job, but it allowed me to sell the cheesecakes. Oh and I liked selling cheesecakes enough that I was working a rotating shift at that job. And so I would work all night for 12 hours and then I would come home on my last oh my day and I would immediately start making cheesecakes or I would make cheesecakes before I would work that rotating shift nights and then I would work all night and then I would get in my car as soon as I got off on that last day and then I would go sell cheesecakes. That's so amazing. So I, I was working, um, it rotated from anywhere from 40 to 60 something hours a week. Oh my God. That I was doing and that. How many years were you at that job? just under five. Oh my God. And I, I imagine that it's a very uh, painstaking thing to sit there and like, you're, what are you just like feeding something into a machine all day? Not even that. Most of the time I'm just sitting that I was sitting there making sure that it stayed running. 
Oh my God, I want to cry for you. I hate this. <laughs> oh, oh my God. And, and it probably doesn't pay you six figures a year. No, no, no. It, it paid decent, but like I said, it was very boring and I, I'm not a people person. So whenever I wasn't actually working and I was on break, I would keep to myself and watch Netflix and try not to talk to anybody. So <sighs> it, it made for long days and it yeah. was my fault too, because I'm not a people person, but, uh, it allowed me to do what I wanted to, but I'm like, hey, let's hurry up and get this shift over so I can go home and do what I actually yeah. want to do. And uh, as soon as I left, it was kind of like the building disappeared and didn't exist anymore. And I didn't have to worry about that for several days and I could do what I wanted yeah. to, selling cheesecake and being a people person to people that I actually liked because they liked what I was making. Yeah. So sweet. So what happened? So the coffee shop started selling it. And then you're still at that job. And was there a moment where you were like, God, I really feel so alive doing this. I don't want to go back to this job. Like, what did that start happening? That started happening. And then the few people that I worked with that I actually liked and talked to a lot, they're like, hey, why don't you quit this and just sell cheesecake full time? I'm like, hey, that is a bad idea because <laughs> I have insurance. Yeah, yeah. At what point did you find this podcast? I was at a point where I was not liking my full-time job and I was selling the cheesecakes and was doing pretty good at it, but wanted to learn about how to possibly eventually do it as a business, even though I had absolutely no plans to do it because yeah. I don't want to be my own boss. <laughs> and did you start, were there, were there any like guests that we had or, or comments that were made where you were like, oh. I think that gives me more courage or, oh, I'm going to apply that to what I'm going to do next week. Actually, it was one of the first episodes and it was with the baker, Greg Mandel. Yeah. That, that was the episode that I listened to that I'm like, hey, maybe, and I'm probably not going to, but maybe one of, one of these days I can actually open a bakery. I'm not yeah. going to, but it's a possibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I always joked with my wife. I'm like, hey, I'm going to open up a bakery one of these days. And she's like, no, you're not. You got a full-time job. You have insurance. You're not going to open up a bakery. And I'm right. like, ah, I know. I'm just joking. I don't want to <laughs> ever open up a bakery. Right. And then uh, Gigi's Cupcakes, whenever I listened to that oh, yeah. podcast, was that on. was another yeah. boost. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, still, I had always dreamed about opening a bakery, even though I had no intentions of doing it and was secure in the full-time job. And my wife had her full-time job. So what happened between the coffee shop selling it, you're listening to the podcast, you're, you're feeling like more and more like, man, maybe that is a thing. And then eventually you're doing this. So what happened? The next big thing was I had uh, went into work like I always do, and uh, there was a particularly bad day where there was some mistakes made, and it was my fault, and I got in a little trouble for it. This was July 24th or 25th of this year. Wow. And uh, I went throughout the day and then went home. I was off for my normal days. And then I went in on a Monday, which was July 31st and National Cheesecake Day. So uh, I was wow. kind of slightly annoyed that I had to 
work at my full time job because yeah, it was National, National Cheesecake, Cheesecake Day. Day. It was like yeah. my national my national holiday, and I didn't <laughs> yeah. get a play in it. <laughs> and uh, so I went to work, and I'd been working for a couple hours, and I got called into the office, and my supervisor said, um, "We're going to go ahead and let you go uh, since you." major errors last week. Um, we can't have you work here anymore. And I'm like, I really wasn't upset. I kind of looked at him. I'm like, couldn't you have told me this on Friday? Because today is my national holiday. And I did you say that? Lot. I did. <laughs> oh I love it. And he, he kind of looked at me. And I'm like, it's National Cheesecake Day. And he's like, oh, I didn't really think about that. And I said, eh, you wouldn't have because you're not the Cheesecake Ninja. So my supervisor was walking me out the door and uh, he said, hey, now you can sell cheesecakes full time. And I said, that is not funny because now I don't have a job at all and I don't sell enough cheesecakes to uh, wow. warrant doing that. Mm -hmm. So I was on my way home and I was pretty terrified because I was going to have to tell my wife that I got let go from my job. And yeah. I walked in and she kind of looked at me and said, well, you're going to have to start selling more cheesecakes. I wow. said, I mean, I got to do what I got to do. So I got on her insurance. She still has her full-time job and then she has another part-time job that she's still doing. And she allowed me to sell the cheesecakes and I started increasing my days and I started increasing the sales and it was about a week after being unemployed. There was a building that came up for lease here. About a week after. Oh about my god! A week gosh. after. Yep. Super super small. It's about a five hundred square foot place. The working area is about three hundred square feet. And just out of curiosity, I sent the landlord a message, and I was friends with her on Facebook because she's a fan of the cheesecakes. And I said, "Hey." Just out of curiosity, how much is the rent on this? And she told me, and I went, that's not bad. And she said, and you're going to take it. And I said, no, oh. I'm not. I said, I am not going to be a small business owner. I need a full-time job with insurance, and I'm just not going to do it. And she said, yeah, you are. I said, nope. And she said, you need to discuss it with your wife. And I said, I will, but we're both going to say no, that we're not doing it. So I talked to my wife and then we had agreed, sure, we'll uh, go ahead and do it. And oh my God. <laughs> we'll, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. We'll do it for a year. And so here we are. Three months after that, we just opened on Saturday. Ah, so great. Right before Christmas. So what was that like to just be in there building out the store and... Have you had to hire a bunch of people? And what was day one like when you opened the store? What was the response like? Tell us everything. The whole process of opening it was a new adventure because yeah. we have no clue what we were doing. Right, sure. Um, I had a relative do the contract work and the construction and the electrical. And I didn't even think about needing a uh, architect. So that was the longest process was finding an architect and being on a small, small budget. Like our budget was maybe 2000 that we could possibly spend on an architect. Yeah. And we didn't have much more money than that in the bank for this account. So uh, we, we got all of that, all the equipment that we have. 
I found on auctions. Oh my gosh. My wow. my biggest find and the thing I'm most excited about was my deli case, brand new, was twelve thousand dollars and I got it for a hundred and sixty dollars. Yes. Yes. And it cost a few hundred dollars to get it fixed, but I basically saved eleven thousand dollars by going to an auction and getting it. Amazing. Wow. So resourceful. So resourceful. And, so and uh we uh threw all the stuff in there and my wife did all the uh, designing and telling us where everything needed to go. And I'm kind of a messy person. So she made sure it's very easy to clean. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we opened on Saturday and she was just praying that we were able to pay our rent. And we more than doubled the amount of our rent in sales. So we were pretty confident after that. And in then, one day? In one day. Oh my God, I feel like crying right now. That's amazing. <laughs> in one day? In one day. How many people walked into that store on Saturday? It's a small town, so we had 62 customers. Oh my God. It's amazing. A whole lot if we were in St. Louis or anywhere like that, but 62 customers for a first day, just word of mouth. Uh, it was pretty good. It's beyond. What did you do leading up to it to let people know about the grand opening? I've become friends with a girl that works at our local CBS affiliate. So she did a story on the Cheesecake Ninja a few months back. And awesome. then throughout the whole process, she has updated everybody on it oh, and it. let everybody know when that we had got a building. And then she let everybody know when we were opening it. So it was on the local CBS page. And then our local paper has also done a couple stories on it. And then we have another smaller local paper that's done some stories on it. So a lot of free advertising and a lot of word of mouth. It's so, so extraordinary. It's so uncanny. I mean, you, you're a spiritual person and, and you'd been you know, going to church and you were looking for like where you're supposed to fit in. And, and here you are, you get fired on national cheesecake day. Like, boy, do you have a strong relationship with the creator of the universe? You know, like he was like, mm -hmm. here is a sign. Like I'm literally handing it to you. I actually had several arguments with him too, Did because you? the yeah. cheesecakes <laughs> kept on popping up and I'm like, no, I am not doing that. Interesting. I do not want to make cheesecakes. And the next day, there's that voice saying, hey, you need to make cheesecake. Mm. Nope, I'm not doing it. And then the next day, hey, you're going to make cheesecake. No, I'm not. Stop telling me that. Yeah. And then I just gave up and kept doing it. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And so now, what does it feel like walking into that shop now? It's your shop. It's still terrifying. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't mind driving a half an hour, almost 40 minutes to my job. It's not actually work. It's my job. And I make people happy. Yeah, um, I've been called a cross between the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. It's been very fun. I'm always meeting new people and I'm still not a people person, but it's fun to make people happy and see people happy. And one of the best parts is that whenever we quit doing the concert promoting a few years ago, I still sort of remained in it a little bit. And I'm I'm now a contractor for a couple promotion companies. So I do a couple 
concert tours a year in town. And most of the Christian artists that I became friends with are now fans of the cheesecake. And it's always fun to listen to the radio saying, hey, they like my cheesecake. Hey, they're fans of my cheesecake. Hey, they've told another artist about my cheesecake. And they're not unknown people either. Like Stephen Curtis Chapman is a fan. Natalie Grant is a fan. I love it. So I want you to be able to open your shop because I know you're opening your shop in five minutes and you took a little break so that you could talk to us, which is so generous and so cool. Before we let you go, I'm wondering what you want to say to people listening now that you've sort of really lived you know, through this and now you're on the other side. And I, I feel like this is just the beginning for you. I think that God has a lot of good plans for you. But what do you want to say to people listening if they're feeling a little stuck? Gosh, there's so many things that I could say. Um, but the main thing is just um, whenever that voice is constantly pestering you saying, hey, you need to do this, you probably ought to listen to it. Even if you don't know what you want to do as your side job or you want to make a career, just keep trying things until something finally clicks because you never know what's going to happen. I had planned on being a concert promoter and now I'm a baker. Uh, I love it so much. You're one of those people you're just as like real as they come. You're like, I'm not a people person. Meanwhile, you're so good with people, but you're just, um, you just speak the truth. You could tell you're just so genuine and it's such a simple thing. Like you just wanted to do something that felt good and that made somebody happy. And it just also shows like, it's not necessary that you have some like passion where you, you, you're four years old and you know you want to you know, paint or you know you want to be a writer. Like You could be a person who just has an interest in a few different things and something catches your eye. And it's sort of all just a vehicle for you to use your kind of talents and make these people happy when they walk in the store. And it just happened to be cheesecake. And it makes your life qualitatively so much better just to have something simple like this to do with your time. And it makes the world brighter. It's great. Exactly. And I still don't have my lawnmower. Oh, man. Well, that's time. <laughs> I think you're getting one for Christmas. Um, so tell everybody where we can find you online and also brick and mortar, how we can find you. And then tell us if there's any way for us to, to get a taste of this if we're not local. Online on Instagram, it's the Cheesecake Ninja. And then on Facebook, it's obviously facebook.com slash the cheesecake ninja or you can go to www.thecheesecakeninja.com and then it'll lead you to the Facebook page. And we're actually located in Perryville, Missouri at 110 North Jackson Street. And one of the, now that we're open, one of the next projects we're going to work on is shipping because yeah. now that they can no longer ask me, hey, when are you going to open a store? Now it's, hey, when are you going to start shipping? And we've been working on that. We've had a couple incidents that have not gone well. So we're trying to figure out how to do yeah, that. Yeah, there must be a way so to like pack it on dry ice or year. something, right? There must be a way to do yep. something. Yeah. Well, should people who are listening right now reach out to you if they want if they want to be on the list for when you're ready to ship? Yeah, they can do okay. that. I'm not sure when uh, we'll actually start doing it, but I always need test subjects for yeah. shipping. So. <laughs> so if you're brave enough, um, but it seems like that would probably be something. You figured everything else out. I bet I bet that in the next year you could be 
resourceful and figure out how to do that if that's something that there's enough demand for it, right? That and we're hoping to get busy enough that my wife can quit her full-time job so yes. she can uh, not dread going yes. to work also. Well, if you <laughs> if you made uh, double your rent in one day, I have a feeling that there'll be multiple locations in the future. And uh, it seems like you're one of those people who's like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then everything really does happen. So it seems like there are just extraordinary uh, blessings on the way. Thank you so much for... Uh, your time and everyone you got to go follow him on Instagram and please keep us posted and the story itself is uh, is a commodity it's a gift and I think people need to hear it I think it'll give a lot of people some life and some hope I hope so thank you so much thank you gosh I love his story so much it really should be made into a movie how insane is that that he got fired on national cheesecake day I love that he just like decided to make a cheesecake. Like he didn't even think that much about it. He was like, oh, I, I have some time. Let's make a cheesecake. I love that he says, you know, I posted on Facebook. Nobody wanted to buy it. And then he went over and brought it to the fire station, right? It's like so smart. And I love that he just had the courage to just try it. And those little baby steps added up to an entirely different life for him today. And I also love that Greg's just a guy from the Midwest, you know, like you don't have to be some person who has this like devastating story in order for you to deserve then to have a good life. Like just being a person, you deserve to like what you're doing every day and to feel good and to feel significant and to feel joy. And it's enough. You don't have to have Oprah's story. You don't have to have some, you know, war wound. You deserve it just because you're here. And I love that in Greg's story. It's just so simple. And, and I, I guarantee you the ripple effects of that, what that's going to show people in his town and what that's going to, what lesson he's showing his kids is just amazing. All right. So now I'm going to share some other wins with you. So Ginger posted on a Facebook group. She said, my win was finding your podcast and making myself listen. I say that because for years I've been trying to find a genuine, authentic person to interact with to support my creative passions. Quite frankly, all I found is fluff, impossible tasks, people bragging about their successes, as well as people giving just enough information to hook you, but that's it. Nothing on how to actually be successful. When I found your podcast, I went through and downloaded a few episodes. After the first one, I went and subscribed because it was so good. I appreciate your work and what you are genuinely doing for us creatives out there. In just listening to three episodes, I realized my seemingly cray-cray, out-of-the-box thinking is legit, a part of who I am, and now I'm ready to share it with the world. Again, thank you. And this group is equally amazing. I can't wait to learn from all of you and help where you need it. Ginger, that makes me feel like 25 feet tall. So thank you so much for sharing this. I'm so glad that you found this show and I'm so glad you're getting so much out of it. I'm glad that you're in this Facebook group also. I'm so happy that this podcast has helped you make those breakthroughs. You're definitely not crazy for thinking whatever you're thinking. It's what makes you uniquely you. And I'm so excited to see what's in store for you. Guys, if you want to join Ginger and more than 7,000 other like-minded, delightful, incredibly kind souls, come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and say hi. We welcome you to share whatever you're working on, your questions, even if you just need to vent. This is the place. So come on over. You'll find amazing, supportive people and we'll be your cheerleaders along the way. All right. So next win, Katie also posted in the Facebook group. She said, back in August, I had no clue what the holiday season would look like. I didn't have any wholesale orders, which meant that all my accounts from the year before had passed on my pottery this year. I tried to stay optimistic and make an overstock of work anyway. Fast forward to Cyber Week and my Etsy saw no action. Then on Small Biz Saturday, which was also my birthday, I got an email from someone saying they wanted to exchange a piece. Heartbreak. 
I let myself wallow for about three minutes and then took a step back and thought about all the things I could learn. The following week, I received a message from Etsy saying they wanted to feature a mug of mine on their blog. I was so excited. I cried and cried and cried. It totally helped my sales and I was up to my eyeballs in boxes and tissue paper. But the following week, my studio sale was pretty modest. The doubts came back. And then last Saturday, I did a market that I love and got a feature on the seven o'clock news. I was on TV talking about my business. This life is so emotional and pushes and pulls me in all the directions. I would not change it or give it up for anything. Keep on keeping on, accept, don't expect, and do your thing. The world listens, the world sees, and the world responds. Katie, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you for staying with it, even through all those moments of doubt and disappointment. You know, when Jenna Fisher came on the show, she said, sometimes when you face that rejection, you just have to let yourself cry. And then you got to pick yourself up, reflect on the situation, learn from it, and just move forward. And that's exactly what you did. I think everyone who's listening can take a big lesson from that. And I want to thank you for being so open and so honest about all of that. Katie's also shared a link to the TV segment she was on. So we're going to post that in our show notes and on the website. Also, go give her some love. You can check out her beautiful pottery at Katie M. Mudd on Instagram. And Mudd is spelled M-U-D-D. Thank you, Katie. We can't wait to hear what's going to happen for you in the new year. You can go to the Facebook group and post your wins and your questions. I'm going to be doing more Q&A episodes in 2019. So I'm here to give you whatever guidance I can and support. So go ahead and post your questions. You guys can also reach me on Instagram. That's like the best way to reach me because I am on there every single day. I write all my posts myself. I check the DMs myself. I'm at Kathy.Heller and I've been doing some fun giveaways on there. So last week I gave away three tickets to my Dreamtopia workshop, which you guys should definitely come to. And I gave away a free coach bag to each person who won. So if you want to get a chance to win some cool stuff like that, and you want some inspiration and you want to feel like you're not alone in this world, come follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller. I will be there for you every single day. All right. So you guys, I just gave away a few tickets to this workshop. I'm doing a two-day, incredible, transformative, awesome workshop, March 14th and 15th. You can get more information if you go to dreamtopiaworkshop.com. There's also going to be more information you'll see I'll be posting in the Facebook group. But essentially, it's two days of incredible speakers And basically, it's going to be two days to really help you have breakthroughs, to get more clear, to really feel what is it that you want to do and get that clarity so that you can make the most out of 2019 and feel like you really showed up for yourself and get out of your comfort zone. We're going to give you some strategy. We're going to give you some ways and some ideas of how to build a business, but also the really important things that are beyond that, you know, like how to get over some of those limiting beliefs. It's going to be an incredible two days. I'd love to see you guys there. If you use the coupon code EARLYBIRD, you can get $54 off. That expires January 1st. So go ahead and go to dreamtopiaworkshop.com and use that code EARLYBIRD and you'll get a discount. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. If you know someone who's feeling a little frustrated, looking to be inspired in the new year, help them get an early jump on those New Year's resolutions and share this show with them. Go ahead and take a second and pick any episode you like and go ahead and share it with them. It really might make a difference for them as it did for Greg, as it did for Becky. Did you guys hear Becky's episode on Monday? It was incredible. Becky was an out-of-work journalist with an illness who listened to her first episode of this show last January 1st and then got all fired up, took a walk and decided that even though she couldn't type because she couldn't use her hands, she was going to make a movie. She went back home and in two weeks, eight hours a day, she was using this like this app that lets her talk it out and it would like she would dictate it and it would type it out for her. And she wrote a movie and Janine Garofalo started it. A, a whole year hasn't even passed and she got the courage to do this and so much has transpired. You guys got to go back and listen to Monday's episode if you haven't heard it yet. But thank you guys for listening. You're the best. 
and it's here. I'm telling you, you're like two degrees away. I know it feels like it's just so far away, but listen to Greg's story and let it, let it wash over you. You know, take it in. And when you, when you compare this to everybody else we've had on the show, it's really all the same. It's just about taking the very next step. You don't have to know the how. You don't have to see all the details of how it's all going to come together. Just take the next step and don't be so hard on yourself. And please don't overthink it because by making mediocre things and having the courage to be a little messy, ah, so much good stuff is going to come. Have an awesome weekend and uh, stay tuned for Monday. We're going to be doing a best of the last season. I'll be talking a little bit about the new year and how to get the most out of it. And I'll be playing for you some of the best advice and some of the best nuggets of wisdom that have come uh, over the last year from our incredible guests. I'll leave you with another song of mine. Love you guys so much. Talk to you Monday. Monday.